Hey guys, so welcome to the OYOT or On Your Own Terms podcast with Amber Sharif, where it's a safe space and a resource for professional moms to share their experiences navigating through their careers on their own terms. Each Friday, join us as we mix motherhood and our professional life into a power hour to help moms take a breather and know that they are not alone on this journey called life. We keep it real as we share our personal experiences, being the chief of our household while balancing work and showing up our best most days. So guys, man, (laughs) I needed that deep breath. I'm in deep breathing all week. Um, It has been insane. But before we drop uh, jump in. I just want to thank all of you guys for coming on. Uh, list well, one for all of the guest speakers that came on and shared their story throughout this first season. I'm so 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 appreciative of you. It takes a lot, and I mean. I know people that are um, that are creators can relate to this, but when you have an idea in your head, you sit on it, ponder on it. You're like, okay, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to figure it out. And then you create, you know, some stability or at least a start, a jump pad to start um, whatever is in your head. And then you bring on people that you love and care about or admire to kind of see your vision and bring it all together. And it's scary when you don't know how people are going to react to it. You want to make sure that you protect those that have allowed themselves to share experiences to the public. Because I mean, this podcast is public. Um, and you just want to protect them, their family, their privacy, their reputation, everything that they have built for themselves, um, that they're allowing you to have a piece of it. And it's, it can be scary. And so I am so grateful and so much gratitude of this first season. I have heard nothing but great feedback. Everyone that I have asked has come on here has been transparent, has shared their experiences over the last, ooh, like maybe roughly almost six months. Um, And when I sit back and think about it, I'm just so grateful. I am just so grateful um, for everyone that came on and your guys' feedback. Oh my gosh. Um, We're almost at a thousand plays within less than six months um, with, you know, close to 30 or so, I think a little bit less than 30 episodes from people around the entire world. Um, Insane. And so for all of you listeners that are listening, I just want to shout out your countries. Um, I have analytics in my background, and I just don't want to go without thanking you guys. Um, Obviously, you guys in the United States, friends, family, those that found me on, uh, you know, social media platforms, those that saw, you know, my thumbnail or cover on Spotify, Apple, Google, and all these other amazing platforms. I'm just so grateful. So, uh, audiences that are in the United States, Germany, um, Germany in the UK and Bangladesh are actually top next to the United States, Bermuda, uh, Australia, Ange- Algeria, excuse me, uh, France, Oman, Thailand, and India. Um, I'm just, I'm just grateful. And in some of these, I think it's Bermuda or Bangladesh, um, this podcast is actually one of the top 20 podcasts uh, for careers in that country, which is insane. 
Um, so obviously you guys are listening to it. You guys are uh, gravitating towards it. You're relating to it. You're you're sending me emails, which is insane. Um, you're responding in um, like the Spotify post and giving your feedback. And I'm just so grateful. And so um, I just wanted to come on here and to say thank you or start the podcast and say thank you um, for coming on, spending pretty much most of the time an hour <laughs> uh, with me and my guests. And I really hope that you found a lot out of this podcast. And so I know at the beginning of this season, I was like, well, if y'all and this is going to be a tester one because I don't know, like this, we'll see if this can be kept up and um, have quality and provide good content and good topics about career and motherhood. And um, you guys have answered. Uh, I think that you want me to continue to keep doing this. And so um, I'm going to share a little bit more information towards the end of the podcast on what season two will look like, but man, uh, just so blessed. So yeah, man, um, balancing motherhood and work, Jesus, uh, and, and also don't, you know, if you identify, if you are in a um, relationship that can be not difficult, but it can just be, you know, you just have to find your balance. And so um, it's, um, you know, ever since I started this year, it's been a roller coaster. But uh, again, I, I'm just so grateful. And sometimes when I am underneath a lot of stress in multiple different areas, when balancing all parts of my life, um, gratitude is so important because we can get so boggled down and um, overwhelmed. Um, and it's sometimes good to just take a step back and just, you know, say, okay, you know what, what are those things that are important? What are those things that uh, make me who I am? What do I value? What am I doing all this for? What's my why? And so, um, and then what am I grateful for? There's a million one things that I could not, that I don't have, that I want, that, you know, et cetera. Um, but let me think about what I have. You know, I have a family. I have a amazing husband. I have a energetic, uh, <laughs> uh, hold, holds me accountable, um, handsome, uh, extremely intelligent young little person that I have had um, some been able to contribute to and create life uh, for with or y'all know what I'm trying to say me and my husband had some, uh, <laughs> and he is um, just awesome just always a realignment because when you're a parent sometimes you can see yourself and your children good or bad. Um, and you can see your habits and everything, um, kind of just influencing them, your thoughts, your opinions, what you expose them to, what they get exposed to outside your house. And so it's just always very interesting growing a little person, raising them, teaching them values, teaching them self-confidence. Um, it's just a lot. So, I wanted to spend time with you guys today because a lot of you, including guests and listeners, have asked me to go a little bit more into my story. And I shared a little bit at the beginning of this season when I did the CHO podcast where I gave a, a little bit of about me, why I created this podcast, why I launched it, when I was thinking about it, etc. But I don't know if I ever got too in-depth in my journey through motherhood and my career and my thoughts and how that impacted me. So I just wanted to spend a little bit of time with you guys going over that and hoping that as we close, as I close out this, this season, that this would give 
a little bit of a jump um, to the next season and what I have in mind for you guys. So first question that I've been asked is, you know, how has your career changed as you have become a mom? Like, what were you like prior to being a mom? And what were the career path that you went down? Was that what you had worked for, dreamed of, et cetera. And so for me, when I was in high, well, actually, I don't, I don't even know if I would say high school. It was more like middle school, junior high. I thought I wanted to be a writer, honestly. And I'm finding myself as an adult becoming more of that, dipping back into that creative side. Obviously, it's podcast that takes a lot of thought, um, a lot of thinking about how you want things to be formatted, what type of content you want to produce, writing. I I tend to write an outline before whenever I ask a guest come on, unless they have their specific topic of things they want to talk about, thinking about how they've impacted me, what I admire about them and their journey of questions, whether I know the answer a little bit or not. And so... I'm finding myself getting back to that creative side, not necessarily a writer, but still a creator. And so uh, that was what I wanted to do. And it wasn't until my family members, uh, my aunt Pam and my uncle Alan, that either owned businesses or actually had their career, went to business school and did accounting, that I had the chance to kind of shadowed their job, helped them with their business, learn about money, learn about accounting, get involved in different auxiliary uh, groups and go to different student type of um, events that I got exposed to business. And so obviously you guys have met my mom in my last week's podcast and so she was in IT and so then I had that exposure too I used to help her she had a business used to help her build um computers so CPUs motherboards like all that jazz that we don't necessarily use anymore because we have laptops uh but when she was building computers and and making them um specialized for certain individuals or businesses etc used to learn about hardware, software, um, how to put them together. Once you put all of your pieces together and you plug it in and you turn it on, you're hoping and praying you didn't fry your motherboard. And so, um, and I used to take my toys apart, which is insane, and put them back together. And so at one point, my mom thought I was going to go into um, computer science or some type of engineering and I ended up going into business. And so um, I went through Academy of Finance through my high school and got a chance to take college credits my senior year and, and just kind of got a, a, a good footing to go to IU where I went to college. And I wasn't direct to it, but I did take all of the electives and uh, networked with the teachers and just tried to get involved through NABA and all sorts of other different groups and programs at Kelly and got close to my advisors and got a informal mentor, an informal mentor, um, Malik McClowski at that time. And I don't know. I just, I just went for it. I had, my mind was focused on it. I was going to get into one of the, get into this business school. It was one of the top business schools in the country. And I think at that time it was probably maybe top 20 in the country. Now it's the school doesn't even look like what it looked like when I went to school. It's just so much further advanced than I have not even been out of school that long, but, um, yeah, it's been advanced. So I graduated with an accounting and technology management degree. So that tech part, it was brand new at the school. They were doing it as a, a co-major and it really helped me kind of tap into all the things that my mother had taught me 
you know, when I was outside of building computers and putting software on there, I know kids or listeners my age, maybe a little bit older remembers, you know, Facebook and maybe not so much Facebook, but for sure, um, MySpace and some of these other pages that started kind of this whole social media era. But back then you actually had to code. <laughs> you had to code your um your page. You had to figure out what you want your backgrounds to be, what you want your font to look like. You did all this HTML stuff. And so when I got to college, um, being on the internet when I wasn't supposed to be on the internet, creating pages and stuff actually kind of helped me in my class because, you know, it was a skill that I had learned as a child and it helped me as an adult. And so that text, I really just kept, you know, um, and I got excited and I did well in those classes. And so that's what I graduated in. So then from there, my career started off in manufacturing and um, like food ag. And it was a lot of fun from an accounting side, accounting and finance view. And it was great. Um, Got a chance to go to a lot of different states. Well, not a lot of different states, but I got a chance to live outside of the state that I grew up in. I have lived in a lot of states through my childhood because my dad was in the military and my mom, we moved for work um, for her job. And so um, I have lived in multiple different states around the country, but it was, um, it was fun and uh, it was very hard. It was very humbling. And I look back at myself being 21 years old, graduating, finishing all of, well, almost finishing all of the credit hours that I needed for the CPA exam and just being so driven, focused, lots of confidence behind what I know, what I don't know, um, why I'm here and really proving myself like, hey, I, I'm here. I have not been given a handout. I have struggled, you know, through school, just trying to make sure I keep up with the, uh, the rigor and I have literally cried over tests and studied and pulled all-nighters. And when I crossed that stage twice, because I went through the Kelly grad graduation and the, under, um, the Black grad that they had at school, I felt like I made it. Like all of that work paid off. And as I entered into like when I thought about that, when I started my career, I'm like, you know what? I don't know everything, but I'm here to continue that journey. And it's been close to 10 years at this point. Yeah, it's been over 10 years um, that I've been through my career. And I've, like I said, I started off in manufacturing. I'm pretty much back in manufacturing pharmaceuticals. Um, I am, I've done tech, I've done um, consulting done public accounting. I've done all sorts of different types of industries, even helping out small businesses and logistics and consulting spaces and um, just just help like just using all of the resources and talents that my aunt and uncle poured into me and spent that time to teach me and help me understand what they do for a living and helping me understand business. That is important to me through when I used to be a part of NABA and putting together programming for members and wanting them to really be exposed to be able to network with so many different people in and outside of their field. If they did think accounting wasn't for them, but they weren't sure, exposing them to a whole bunch of people in business in general that sit in those admin type of um, roles like IT, finance, accounting, um, uh, marketing, et cetera. And so that has been my career and how I have evolved as a, um, a person as starting from wanting to be in the arts and literature type space and kind of following the path that my little sister did with journalism when she went to IU to 
kind of pivoting to, hey, you know, I get excited with business and it can be extremely stressful, especially around these times, y'all, with the recession and everything else that is, well, they say it's recession, not recession, whatever. We, I feel like we're in a recession. Um, so it can just be just challenging is the best word, but it can also be exciting when you figure out how to solve or you make it through those hard times in business. But it also can be, um, you know, very reflective when you're working on something and you kind of have to step away and say, okay, you know, I've given it my all and this has, this has, I've ran my race in this particular situation. And so, um, and it provides you just so much freedom when it comes to like entrepreneurship, running your own business, but it also is extremely hard because you're problem solving every single day. And so I just like that constant change and that constant rigor and that constant like problem solving. And so I've always taken on roles or been a part of companies that are change makers or that are trying to do things different or that just have a lot of issues that they need people to help solve problems and innovate. And so, yeah. So um, have I always wanted to be an accountant? I would say I, I have always wanted to be in business when it when I started down that path um, into high school. That's what I'll say. But yeah, so hopefully for those that asked th- that question, um, I hopefully I answered it. And if not, leave it in the, the Spotify uh, <laughs> Uh, chat for me and I will uh, try to address it when we open up season two. So um, now when it comes to, okay, you have your career, Amber, you have um, had highs and lows, successes, you know, humbling, uh, what they call it, um, opportunities for improvement, et cetera, using the corporate lingo throughout there but how have you been figuring been able to balance your career and marriage obviously you have a child now but what was it like was it hard even when you didn't have when you didn't add children into the mix and so um like you guys have you guys have met Nicholas and he we met a long time ago we met the summer before our sophomore year of college and strictly as friends, no, nothing um, lovey at that point. I was in a relationship. And so uh, we met through a mutual friend. I had a game night at our house, uh, at my mother's house. And my our mutual friend decided um, to bring him along. And so I had a chance to meet him. He was so sweet, so, so humbling, so um, just a nice overall dude, kind of a nerd. Um, but he was, he was, he was a nice dude. And so when we got back to college, um, we lived in, we found out we lived in the same dorm room, um, hall. We found out that we were both majoring in accounting. We found out we lived like right up the street from each other. And up the street is pretty, uh, subjective. We lived in this, in the cities next to each other. Let's say that, um, and we both went to the same church uh, with each other. And so it's just interesting when you have someone that literally uh, has been in the same rooms as you for years and you never have even met them and um, until someone brings them to you for you to be introduced to. And so we became really good friends, if nothing else at that time. And um we both went through fraternities and sororities at the same time. And so we had a chance to spend time with each other in that area. And so we had just, we were very equally yoked, very um, like-minded, very much. Um, we laugh at each other. We crack jokes on each other. We try to communicate the best that we can with each other. Um, and we just, I don't know, it's just, it's easy. There has been, I'm not going to sit here and say the entire 
10 years plus that I've known this man have not come with peaks and valleys. Um, but I would never want to do life with anybody but my husband. He is my favorite person. He's always there to whip me back into shape when it comes to when I'm overwhelmed and I don't know kind of where I need my clarity. He's always there to provide perspective. Um, He is there to send me memes about things that I'm just like, okay, (laughs) to give me a little bit of laugh. He gives me my space and gives me a chance to reset and restore when I need it. And he's just an overall good dude. Like there, so yeah. So he's just an overall good dude. And so I love him to pieces. My uh, career did not become harder to balance when I married my husband because we're both very career driven people. And, but we, he has, he's able to balance a lot more than I am. I kind of just go zero to a hundred. He has that good medium, um, but we, he has been there when I have failed CPA exams. He has been there when I have passed them. He was there when I was staying up all night in undergrad, trying to get through classes and um, struggling through them. And even at helping me with some of my classwork, you know, like understanding concepts and stuff because we were both in the same business school, but ended up eventually doing different um, majors. But he has seen it from the beginning. And so it, it, he knows if there's something that I have stepped back or I'm just like, eh, I don't want to do this anymore. Like he pushes me to say, okay, remember what you what you started and why you started it. And like, if you need support, I will do whatever I can. But this is what you set off to do, set out to do. And if you don't continue to do it, then I think you're going to have regrets. And I appreciate having someone in my corner um, and even the sacrifice for almost two years of staying for my CPA exam and staying in the library for hours and missing events and not being able to go on dates and or they had to be late dates and different things like he was there uh, with no issues, no made me feel bad, nothing. And so again, like I said, it marriage has, was not hard to balance at all with um with my partner that I appreciate and at the end of the day, if nothing else, is um my best friend. And so now, uh when it gets into motherhood, woo, Jesus. <laughs> Motherhood shook me to the core, reality check, um, everything else, like pulled off the the blanket to every to the world, like everything. It was just um it was shocking. And so um obviously a little bit of you guys know a little bit of my story, especially if you've listened to the other podcasts that I've had with my little sister. But um, I, when I got pregnant, we did not plan on getting pregnant that early, but you know, it is what it is. You're married, you're doing things. And so um, we got pregnant soon after we were married and then um, had our son later. And so as I was going through the process of becoming a mom, I really wasn't thinking that much about my identity when it came to my husband I had not even changed my name it was still fresh I was still I was still operating as Amber Smith as the individual but not necessarily um you know Amber as the married person obviously like not like cheating or anything like that I just want to make that clear but like when it comes to the way that I present myself in the room it was tied to myself as an individual not necessarily tied to my significant other is kind of what I'm trying to say. Um, and all the accolades and things that I have had built throughout the years, I was really having that identity tied to me as, hey, this is Amber, you know, this is this is Amber, um, but not necessarily this is Amber, that's the wife, that's blah, blah, blah. And so when I became a mom, oh man, like it was, it was, um, shaking me because trying to 
move into multiple identities and figuring out which one comes first and how do I handle them and et cetera. It was a lot. Um, It was a lot to carry because sometimes when you do become a mom and you do become a wife um, or you have your significant other, um, depending on the caliber of that person that you are tied to, sometimes you, whether it's intentional or not, all of those things that you have built as a person um, can be dis- diminished. And it's not intentional. Nobody comes and just tries to, you know, put you in a box, but because they they don't know you, you know, and so, but they do know what you're tied to. You're a mom, you are a wife, you know, so those are easy identities before and easy um, room starters before they start digging in. If you allow them, depending on your trust level, you start digging into you as a person. And so, um, but I struggle with that. I'm like, what? Like, do I work outside the home? Like, <laughs> what type of question is that? Is it because I'm a woman? Those are the type of things like, uh, um, are you thinking about um, leaving your job? And th- I say this, and there is nothing wrong with any women that have stepped back or men that have stepped back and left their career to child raise. But um, being the person I am, when someone asks me, you know, are you going to become a stay-at-home mom? And you know, your husband can take care of you guys as a family and et cetera after you have this baby and blah, blah, blah. And again, that stay-at-home mom and dad job, whoa, it is not for the week. <laughs> it's not... My hat, my heart, everything goes off to you, all of you guys out there that are doing that job, like, Lord Jesus, it takes a lot of sacrifice, a lot of um, selflessness, a lot of organizing, a lot of peace, a lot of patience, um, everything to be, to cater to people 24 hours of the day. And I, I um cannot like I I wouldn't say I can't do it I it would be very hard hard transition for me and so um to to know that I've spent a lot of time and a lot of money uh when I think about my CPA exam when I think about uh, all the the school debt (laughs) that I went into to get my degree um no I I want to return on my investment so just have to figure it out but um, it definitely took a lot when it came to identity, when it came to, uh, like understanding my role and what I do appreciate with my husband is that he never, anything that I wanted to do, he always supported it. He never, um, you know, never when I was in some of those conversations or did have, you know, and I did reflect on, you know, my feelings and my thoughts there was always no judgment, um, very great, like a lot of just grace and a lot of like um, just patience and thoughts about how I felt. And so um, that was kind of the the mother, like the carrying the baby part. So just struggling with those identities, struggling with that, we moved. Um, so I had to stop my career, not necessarily become a stay-at-home mom, but I was, um, you know, at a trajectory or was working towards promotions and stuff like that and just different things at work and kind of had to step away prior to the COVID area where we all can work from home. I, that wasn't an option for me. And so it was, it was, a it was hard. Um, It was hard to, to re to start a new career or a new place. And at that time, when I moved, I did not know I was pregnant and it wasn't until, um, we were in the process of moving and, um, starting a new job that I found out that I was, um, and I don't know, it was just a lot. And so, um, if I fast forward to actually having junior, but my thoughts and, and um, feelings as I was going through dealing with all of the those changes, um, I ate. I ate a lot, and I'm just so grateful that I did not have a lot of elements that came with um, unha- unhealthy habits. 
and not taking care of myself during my pregnancy, um, not being mindful, not being just thinking about, you know, my actions that I do today are going to impact my, um, my body, me as a person, my recovery, um, outside of my child, my child came out perfect. Like he's a monster baby. You, he was huge. No, no health issues, not nothing. He's a tank. Um, and so, um, but I, I notice when I journal and think back, like the eating part, um, eating my feelings, eating control is what I struggled with. And that uh, became even more of an issue with sh- when it comes to stress management as I became an adult. But after I, once I had my kid, I went into labor and I'll have to probably do another um, podcast about my story um, when it comes to like actually transitioning into motherhood. But just um a couple of details like uh I had to switch doctors in between my pregnancy because we moved and then um and y'all I was still <laughs> I was still yeah, uh, even in even as we moved I I was still going back to Chicago um for doctor's appointments when I could um you know take off work or she her she has appointments on the weekend so driving hours to go see my doctor and coming back home on a Saturday um just crazy and so um came to a point where it was like hey you can't do this like you need to switch so I did switch and um finished off my pregnancy but uh the labor part that was extremely scary when you come in there with a plan and um you pretty much your plan is just like we're not doing your plan and you kind of have to speak up for yourself and then then you lose control when um when things are not going the way that you want them to and then it becomes to be a um an urgency and so just going through that and that con- consistent like control part of things that i think I have control over it's just a lot when it becomes um, apparent that that is just not it and so um I struggled a lot I I had my my son um and uh it was scary uh I lost uh oxygen level after I had an epidural that I did not want but ended up getting because my child I would not dilate um anymore and um, was told I was going to go back home if I was not progressing. And it's just a lot, like tried to do the whole pregnant, um, the whole labor without medicine, which I, I wanted to do that. Um, but like things just didn't go with my plan. But one thing I will say that gratitude part, instead of kind of sinking into it, I'm still here. My, my son and I made it through. And so that is what is um one of the most important things is that we you know we made it we didn't die etc but it's that part after that I think is the part that I struggle with I went home and um had a lot of health complications for a good four to six weeks after I had my son um was very sick uh was calling my doctor's office going in and out of the hospital telling them that I did not feel well and I just felt like I was not being heard and it luckily I had a a husband that literally like is attentive was there during my first um couple of weeks when I had junior family and friends that love and care about me I never spent a day alone ever 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 for the most of the time I was on maternity leave and so um, having someone always watching me, giving me a break, listening to me, taking care of me, acknowledging that I don't look good, et cetera, um, really helped me. And so, um, about five weeks after four to five weeks after having my son, um, and going back and forth to the hospital, I ended up back in the hospital and with a very high fever and, um, in, really was sick because I had an infection um, caused by my C-section and um, it was untreated for long periods of time. And so uh, if I had not advocated 
for the 12th million time for myself at that time, I would have gone into septic shock and died. And um, that's that's a hard pill to swallow, especially when it comes to all of the maternity, um, maternity death, especially with women of color. It is traumatizing to know that you are highly educated. You do have resources, et cetera. Um, and you speak up for yourself and you're not being heard and that you literally have to like do or die and consistently hold people accountable for your life, you know, and that is traumatizing. Um, and so I, I, when I came home after getting my C-section recut open and spending a week in the hospital, um, being put on, um, meds and being watched, um, and, uh, making sure that I, my fever was staying down, my blood level, I didn't have to do a trans, you know, a blood transfusion, but they were preparing for that, like really bringing me back to health. I lost my milk. Um, so having to do, um, work with the lactation specialist to really help me build back on feeding my child because, um, I, I was not going to be able to feed my child and then we were going to have to go into, um, formula. Um, which there's nothing wrong with formula. It was just something that I, my husband and I just did not want to do. We wanted to get um, Feed Junior through milk in that connection through him and I. And so um, it was a lot. And that's what kind of led me into the postpartum depression when I got home. Um, I went back to work and got laid off <laughs> um, because they didn't need me anymore is what it was presented as with a severance package, which was insane. FMLA did not cover me because I hadn't worked there for a year because I had transitioned from one um, company to another and having to really reach back to all those in, um, network that really I have spent years building and um you know, uh, supporting and they came out like full throttle. They, they wrote for me and it, and I am so grateful for her, all of those people that really kind of helped me through that tough time. Cause uh, everybody knows that like my career means a lot to me. I don't play around with my license. I don't play around with my reputation. Like I have, I take that very seriously. And so for all of those uh, supporters, mentors, old bosses, managers, et cetera, that literally was just like, hey, this sucks. Um, but we're going to make sure like you get where you need to be. And after two weeks of interviewing um, and staying up all night, practicing <laughs> with my husband, doing mock interviews and researching companies, reading 10Ks, 10Qs, uh, listening to investor calls, listening to the researching these places on the news, listening to podcasts about certain industries for an intense period of time. Um, and it was about three weeks because it happened um, towards the end of January and I I signed my official um I signed my offer letter uh, around President's Day. So it was literally two or three weeks. And so, um, yeah, it was uh, it was a lot. Is that President's Day? It's whatever that, that day is right after. Yeah, I think it is. Pre yeah, it's President's Day because President's Day just passed. Um, so, yeah. And while doing, doing all of that, juggling a newborn. <laughs> So having to schedule interviews between nap times, uh, having to ask for help if, you know, as a backup, just in case I had to get, do a phone screening or I needed to go into a person in-person interview and dropping my kid off. Oh God, it was a crazy time. Um, and then that was like the, the first shot to it, but then the, the pandemic happened the first week of my new job. Um, and so, ugh. and then going into isolation. And so I struggled, y'all. I struggled. I struggled. I struggled. I struggled. Um, that first year or two, like anybody that has seen me around that time, I did not look like myself. I looked like when I was ding there almost pregnant with Junior. Like <laughs> that's how I looked. I had let myself go. I had did not care about my health. I was struggling like big time because 
I just could not figure out what my purpose was. I was still traumatized from like being there almost dying and uh and that control part. And so um if I fast forward to where I am now, it has been a journey. And so like I talked about a struggle with identity. Now as I sit in today and this could easily change. I am a mom. Um, well, I'm a child of God first. Let's start right there. Um, a Christian, not a perfect Christian, but I'm always striving my hardest to be like him every single day. And I fall short every moment of the day, all the time. Um, I am a wife um, to an amazing, patient, intelligent um, husband that is my best friend and I am a mom. So those are all my identities. But at the end of the day, like I'm I'm still Amber, no matter what that last name is, I, I still have things that I care about. Um, I still strive every day I can to do the best I can in my career and um, always challenge myself and always bring everything that I, I can 100% energy to everything that I, I do. And so that that is how I identify myself. Like I am a friend and I try to be a very good friend, great friend. I am a supporter. I support all of those that I admire and love. You asked me to pull up and I love you and I care about you and I admire you. I'm going to be there. I, even if I have to switch up some things, I will be there for you. And when it comes to balancing my expectations for myself, if I'm pivoting off of my identity, I still am trying to figure out how to balance this all. I There, there is no way. I Anyone that says that they have a work-life balance is BS. Like I, especially as they are trying to progress their career, B, I call it, I call the BS. Um, and so when it comes to balancing expectations, I am turning into a season of what is important to me and the ones that I love and care about, which is my core unit. And that is my husband, and my kid, um, and in myself, like I can't forget myself. And so I am constantly always thinking about like, okay, why am I doing this? What are my expectations? What am I, what is the end goal? And sometimes it doesn't even have to be about me. It can be about supporting someone in their dreams and my my loved ones and being there for them. And so just always being intentional. And as I have continued to, once I realized how far I had gone into my health and how it was, it was hard to walk up the stairs, it was hard to breathe. I always found myself at somebody's Culver's drive-through line, you know, um, it was just, and those that are outside of the U.S., Culver's is like a, a fast food uh, burger place. Um, and it's, I don't know, it just, it, it's like how to, I'm not feeding my body with things that are sustainable, you know, and, and I look at my people as African-Americans and we're dying of like diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. Like, do I really want to live my life like that like no the answer is no and so and it, it doesn't make me feel good it doesn't help me focus on my job my work like doesn't give me the energy that I need to be a good mom or a wife like it, it's it's just detrimental and so I um finally was done with it and I signed up for a program at the time it was called queen for life but now it's called mom boss um with coach Rihanna Edmonds and she literally like her read her structure and her program literally like it was it was easy to me. I was thirsty and hungry for it. I did I wouldn't say perfect. I did a lot of things that she asked me to do and all the coaches asked me to do. And I was really intentional and I really wanted myself back. And so um I since then I have lost um at the highest point when I after having my child I have lost altogether about 45 pounds but with um with her in the program a little bit over 30 and so um and now I look like myself when I look at these transformation Thursday pictures I'm like who who is that girl like 
And I just, I, I was joking with my husband this weekend. I was like, you love me even when I look like that. And he was like, I will love you always, no matter what you look like. And I was just like, it made me kind of like get emotional. I'm like, dog, get you a partner that literally like cares about your soul and your heart and you as a person, because we all change, you know, like we don't stay spring chickens uh, all of our life. And so, um, but wanting to have your health and your energy, you have to do it for yourself. No one can do it for you. So if you are a parent that's out there struggling, trying to figure out how to take care of yourself more, you have lots of health issues and different things, like I would challenge you to really push yourself and say, you know what, I am not going to allow stress to take over my life. I'm not going to allow chaos to continue to to rule me. I'm not going to allow myself to look for me to look at myself in the mirror and not have confidence in the way that I look or how I'm presented to this world. Like, like you got to make a change, but do it safely. There's a lot of um, times where we get into some of these fad diets or extreme things and it becomes a yo-yo. And so, um, at the end of the day, you have to feed in, you have to feed your body with great things. You got to move your body and however you choose to move it is your, it's under your discretion, but it's so important for the longevity, um, for you as a person to just care about your health. And obviously I say this all the time, our days are numbered. So you could be the best fit and God has called your number. (laughs) Like, And so that didn't save you, but at least the time that we have on this earth with each other, like, let's make it, let's be our healthiest, best selves. And so, and that, that takes a journey. It's not easy. That was probably the hardest thing that I've ever done is losing weight Um, and being intentional and being consistent and being disciplined and everything else. It is a constant struggle, especially when my stress is high. And so I just want to let you guys know that you know stick in there you'll be fine and so um the last thing that I'm working on now is just finding my purpose um I do and am involved and so grateful that people have allowed me to be a part of everything they have going on with their lives or these organizations in the community etc or people at work have called me to to um sit in leadership on, you know, just different groups because of our interactions and um, how I present myself. And so I'm just appreciative to be seen. Um, But sometimes it's just a lot because you want to do everything. You want to help everybody. And when you have a a servant heart, it's sometimes hard to say no to a lot of different things. And so I just... um, I'm I'm just trying to figure out how to connect the dots. And so um, I just purchased this manifest journal um, that I'm so excited to kind of dig into. And so if it ends up being something that is uh, a great investment, I'll share it with you guys um, on Instagram and I will in Facebook because you guys interact with me on Facebook too. Um, and then I'll also see if I can put the link in the in the show notes when it, next season if, if I do decide to bring it up um and so now I'm on this road back to me um I've been on this road for a while now but um uh, my why when I first graduated from school was I want to be the best the top business leader I want to be knowledgeable I want to be an expert I want to be respected in my field I want to eventually get out of corporate America. And I want to have my own freedom and build businesses from the bottom to hopefully they become successful to the top. Like my, like I saw my aunt and uncle do my why as, um, as I progressed into my career and became a wife was I want to be able to figure out how to still be a strong woman leader in in the workplace, but then also be able to not allow my work identity to not um, get, provide time to those that I love and care about, like my husband. So that's how I function. When I became uh, a mom, 
it was very hard to try to find the why because I was trying to figure out what was important to me. And so I will say as my why today is to make sure that I'm here healthy, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually for for myself um, in that I am, um, I do not allow myself to prioritize things above those that I care about, especially my core when it comes to my husband and my son, and that I continue to excel at work um, and climb up the ladder, but then also do it very humbly and transparent. And that is the biggest reason why I started this podcast is I wanted to bring women that are either further ahead of me starting their career or we're at the same time where we're where we are and we're all doing it differently and we're not doing it perfect but we're doing it on our own terms and we struggle and we go through our own things but we are here we are striving to have you know take it day by day we have some bad days but most days we are bringing our best selves <laughs> and really providing a community and sharing our stories um good or bad struggles pivots, everything. And just to be able to let you guys know that all those women that you see on those LinkedIn profiles and they got all these accolades and things that they've done, they are human and they have things that are going on in their life. And you might see them all together buttoned up at work and in their sound mind. But when they leave the work building and they get in that car and they get to their house, Lord Jesus, it's a whole different another uh, situation and it can be good it can be like okay let me figure out how to balance this and juggle this it could be different like hey I'm depressed right now I'm overwhelmed I don't know what I'm doing I'm just juggling this and I feel like I am like trying to keep alive every day there's a large spectrum and then there's those that are in the middle and so it's just I just wanted to create this to create a platform where we provide resources to each other, share our stories, laugh, giggle, cry, everything in our different perspectives. And I hope that I have accomplished that in this first season. And so that is towards the end. So with every guest, we always like to ask two different questions and we ask the guests to pick one of those. Today, uh, since I'm the guest of my own podcast, um, <laughs> uh, just kidding. But what uh, the question that I'm going to pick for myself is, what would you have told your younger self? And what advice would you have given? And I, the biggest advice, if you guys have made it this long through the podcast, and if you see a constant connection, is that control part. That is what I would tell my younger self. Release control and know that you there's nothing that you can do. The more that you least release control sooner than later, the more, the less anxiety, the less overwhelmingness, the less, now don't be disorganized. That's not why I would tell my younger self. Uh, but understand that you can only control the things that you can control. Everything else, just got to problem solve, figure it out, or detach, because uh, not everything is worth your energy. And then also I would tell myself is don't lose your ambition. Know who you are. You are set apart. You don't have to be like everyone else. Don't let anyone dim your light. If you want to be an overachiever, you want to do the most, you want to do all, that is fine. Don't don't allow yourself to sit in other people's insecure shadows because they have opinions on what you're doing is too much and they're not doing a bit of half of it. Don't do it. That is what I would tell myself. I find myself sometimes getting into rooms where there are people that do know I do a lot in the background. I don't promote it. I don't like to be in the spotlight because I don't want people to, huh? I just don't want people to think I'm doing the most. And that's not fair to myself and all the things that I, all the energy that I put into things that I care about and I love and I build, I should scream it at the top of the hilltops. I should be walking in the room and say, yeah, I built this. I created this community. I 
um, you know, created this program. I am the president and VP of this organization. I am a higher, or at least I try to be a higher achiever at work. You know, um, there should be not and be prepared. Don't like, I would tell myself, don't shy from that. Uh, be who you are. Um, and if other people have comments or have something to say, that's their own problem issue. And that's not yours. And so that's what I would say. So y'all, it's been a power hour. I honestly did not expect to be on here for an hour, but here we are. Um, and uh, I, this will be the last season for our last, last season. This is not the last season, y'all. Uh, <laughs> just wanted to correct that. Um, this will be the last episode of this season. And I am um, in the process of recording, creating new content, I am taking a, a small little sabbatical to do an audit over season one to kind of get some ideas and feedback and take all your questions and your emails and your comments and your text messages and your conversations and everything and kind of create a new podcast or create a new season that's more catered towards providing more resources to you guys, especially if you are in your career. Um Obviously, we're still going to have moms on there too and sharing their stories. But um, I this podcast will be coming. Season two will be launched in uh, the first Friday in April. And um, so don't don't leave me. Uh, still stay subscribed. Still stay followed. Um, and one of my followers and a good workout sister had asked me if I could put these podcasts on uh on YouTube and create like a, a, um, a visual. Oh, that gives me a lot of anxiety because I am not, uh, I can talk to y'all all day, but when it comes to like lighting and creating backgrounds and stuff for YouTubes and um, social media and all that other stuff, that's just not my area of expertise. But I, I learned um, this new concept called pod vlog and so I want to kind of explore that and learn more and teach myself that um type of content creating and so that might be the the medium um we'll see if I if I for the next season if we do um physical like virtual because there are one of the things I I don't I want to kind of lean away from doing this as a live podcast because there are things that people share that maybe later on they don't necessarily want. And I want to be respectful of um, of those individuals, those guests that literally share their livelihood with me. And so I think it will be mainly uh, pod blogs. Um, I, I don't see myself releasing that editing aspect of uh, and doing these live on on any type of platforms because I want to be able to allow those that came on to kind of not be self-conscious about, um, you know, being nervous about what they say, that they know they have an option to um, to edit things out to for their own personal uh, self. And so, um, yeah, but I will explore putting at least the audio. <laughs> uh uh on on YouTube and creating a, a cute thumbnail and so I'll think about it um YouTube is definitely a another platform that I love and I like and I'm on every day um but I see all the work that those YouTubers put in and it's a lot of work so uh we'll see but anyways I digress so you guys, I love you guys. Thank you again for spending this Friday with me. I appreciate you. I hope that my story um, really helps you and what you're looking at, working on, uh, reflecting, etc. And I can't wait to spend more time with you in a couple of weeks um, as we go into season two. And in between these next couple of weeks, I'll probably drop like little small bites I say that and then I'm on here for a whole hour so uh little tips and tricks and things and resources that I have uh loved but it will be like bonus episodes it will not be I, I'm not going to bring guests on etc it'll be bonus so um we'll see so yeah 
All right, you guys, happy Friday. Love you. Stay safe. And I will see you guys in a couple of weeks. Hey, love, I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast episode. I would love to stay in touch with you and connect. So to keep up with the OYOT podcast, follow on your own terms podcast with Amber Cherie on Spotify and Anchor. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at OYOT podcast. And also, too, if you want to share your thoughts um, or even write a little love letter or feedback, send us a letter um, to the email address of OYOTPOD at gmail.com. Talk to you soon.